and welcome to Go Go Sports Bros, the sports show for anyone who's feeling a little resentful about being forced to fill out a bracket for their office March Madness. I'm Olivia. I'm Emily. And I'm Cammie. So, Emily, what is Go Go Sports Bros? Well, Olivia, Go Go Sports Bros is a podcast um, where three family members who, um, at this point, I think we can say no, something about sports, but not a lot, still not very much about sports, um, try and learn about all the sports. We're just going to tackle all of them in one go. One sport at a time. One sport at a time is how you're going to eat the whale. And uh, what what piece of the whale are we biting off today? What's our sport? Um, today, we are going to be diving into fencing. Fencing! Fencing! The ancient art of swordsmanship. The sport of kings. The sport of kings and Inigo Montoya. And Inigo Montoya. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, fencing... That's my main uh, basis of knowledge for fencing, is that scene from Princess Bride. Yeah, I was going to say, fencing is probably known to most people by all the crazy swordsmanship that has been on the silver screen. All the sword fighting, but it really doesn't bear much in similarity to what you see on screen. Would you say? Basically nothing. No, basically not at all. Yeah. Yeah. There are very few flips. Yeah. I, I for one, was super disappointed once we got into it, and I'm afraid that our listeners are going to be somewhat disappointed, too. Well, that's not a great way to start off. Yeah, the whole wow. <laughs> so let's go. Here we go. Fencing. All right, get excited. Coming for at you. <laughs> Can you cut that part out then? Liv? Everyone turned it. Well, everyone no. turned it off anyway. Everyone turned it off anyways. It doesn't no, matter. No, it's well. it's funny. It's funny. Continue. <laughs> no one's listening anymore. <laughs> no one's listening anymore. <laughs> Thanks, mom. I was just disappointed because there aren't any flips and there aren't a lot of clashing of of metal against metal. Very little clashing. Yeah, that like shing sound doesn't happen a lot. The swords are a lot like floppier and bendier than you may be used to seeing in film. Yeah. Um... But we'll get into all of that when when we get to the rules of fencing. Let's do it. Before that... Oh, let's talk about the history. We gotta talk about the history. This is like our eighth episode. Don't you even know the order? This is our twelfth episode. But... Holy cow! <laughs> Time flies when you're having. Do, fun. Does that mean? Do we know twelve sports well, then? One of them was it's... just a recap of all the sports, so I think we know eleven. We sports know eleven now. sports in theory. And actually, it wasn't one just like an intro. <laughs> Maybe we know <laughs> ten, ten sports. <laughs> and we don't actually know those ten sports. No. No. Okay. Okay. But on to Anyways. fencing. Anyway. The history of fencing. Yeah. As with uh, as with many of the sports we've already covered, it is very ancient. You can trace its roots way, way back. Uh, in fact, the oldest evidence of a fencing contest was a, a drawing on the wall of an Egyptian temple from about uh, 1190 BC. The ancient Romans practice fencing with uh, sticks with balls on the end so they wouldn't, you know, accidentally stab each other. Maim each other. The oldest surviving manual on Western swordsmanship uh, 
dates back to the year 1300, around then. So uh, fencing, obviously, has been around a long time, as long as humans have been using swords to kill each other. (laughs) In fact, uh, (laughs) one of the main reasons for the popularity of fencing was because of the rise in popularity of duels. Forbidden duels of honor became very fashionable in Europe around the 15th, 16th centuries. Fencing was becoming seen as more of like an art form. So the uh, upper classes saw this as a very romantic art and uh, dueling went on the rise. Uh, And how that would usually work would be someone's honor would be insulted. So they would challenge the other person to a duel and then they would have a person called a second who was kind of in charge of organizing the whole thing and ideally preventing the duel from ending in death. Usually... In many cases, the duels would be fought just to the first injury, but uh, there were duels to the death. And that was a pretty popular tradition for a few centuries. But gradually, obviously, uh, dueling fell out of favor, but the art of fencing did not. I read that uh, that dueling, well, dueling became illegal and the dueling by uh, sword fell out of favor when um, when guns became more um, reliable. Guns became more reliable. So they started using those and then um, swords fell out of favor. But the uh, swordsmanship as an art form for whatever reason, continued to be super popular. Yeah, it was, like I said, seen as a very, like, romantic sport to participate in. Um, So, over the centuries, starting uh, in the 16th century, but especially during the 17th and 18th century, you start seeing all these fencing schools pop up. And Italy is considered sort of the origin of modern fencing because all these Italian fencing masters wrote treatises on the different techniques that could be used that sort of created the foundation of modern fencing. Uh, Some of the other major influences were uh, France and Spain. In fact, uh, today the three primary schools of fencing are the French, the Italian, and the Spanish. Here in the U.S., um, the French school is the most popular. So as fencing developed through the history, several different types of swords were developed as well, which are still used today, albeit in uh, modified forms. So the foil was developed in the 17th and 18th centuries as a training weapon. Uh, At first, the tips would be dipped in iodine or vermilion so that when you were practicing and you hit someone, you could see where where you'd hit them, it would leave a mark. Um, and around this time was also when the wire mesh mask that you've probably seen on fencers before was developed for protection. Later on in the 19th century, the saber was introduced to the military, and that's that was a curved sword that was used uh, on horseback. That was more of a cutting weapon, whereas the uh, foil was more of like a thrusting weapon. So, uh, around the 19th century is when fencing really becomes purely a, a, a sport for entertainment rather than survival or winning duels. 
And it was a part of the first modern Olympic Games in 1896. Right. It's, in fact, one of only four original sports that has been in every Olympics since the, the first modern Olympics. That's right. So, of course, later on, they developed electronic scoring equipment. More advances were made. Uh, today, modern fencers still use the weapons that were developed all those hundreds of years ago, and those are the foil, the saber, and the epée. Did I say that right? Well, I've heard it epée. said both ways. I've heard it said I heard epée. epée and epée. Yeah, so I, I, I don't... I think it's epée. You know, keep in keeping with our New Year's resolution of trying to actually pr pronounce things, I did look that up and I heard it pronounced both ways. Well, yeah, I'll just, say it one way and you say it the other. And we'll... I just looked at the Wikipedia page and there's like three different pronunciations. Uh, one for each so. of us. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we Everyone pick your favorite way. What's the third one? There's epe, I epe. I don't know. Epe. Epe. <laughs> it's an epe. I get epe. That's mine. Okay, I picked that one. Okay. I I Perfect. did. I, you, you glossed over the fact that in the late 19th century, the basic conventions, the rules of, of fencing were set down, which pretty much exist to this day. So they've the rules of fencing, which they call conventions, have been around since the 1880s. And they're the governing body, which I will not attempt to say because it's French. So I'm just going to call it the FIE, <laughs> the International Fencing Federation, has been around, um, uh, let's see, since 1913. And they had to bring that in as they do with most sports because there were a lot of disputes on, um, on the rules. So that governing body now exists in Switzerland where every governing body seems to exist. And, um, yeah. And then carry on. Okay. Well then, uh, let's get into the rules a little bit. Let's. As we mentioned, there's uh, three different variants, at least on an Olympic level, and foil, saber, and epe, or epe, or epi. Epi. <laughs> um, there, are, there are other kinds of fencing out there, like uh, classical fencing, which involves more martial arts, and historical fencing, and things like that. Um, but these are the three uh, the three main variants that are practiced today and uh, in our scene in competition. So the object of a fencing match is to use your weapon to strike your opponent without being struck yourself. Pretty uh -huh. straightforward. Yeah. It actually is straightforward, isn't it? It's it's what you would think of a sword fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean it seems straightforward, although after watching it I had no idea what was happening. Literally no idea what was happening, and we'll get to yeah, that. Yeah, no clue. Not a clue. So, fencing's only ever a one-on-one -on -one sport. There are team fencing events, but even in team events, it's only ever two people facing off at a time. Right, there's not, like, any, any gang fencing going on. It's that would like make where it... There's, where there's yeah, one guy in the middle fighting fun. a whole circle of guys? <laughs> Just like in the movies. Yeah, yes. I want Fenzie to be more like the movies. I do too. I really do. Okay, anyways. Anyways, Any back to how this thing works. All right. So you're fencing on a piste, which is 46 feet long and 6 feet wide. There's a center line, and 
on guard lines, which are six feet on either side of the center line, and that's where you start each round. So a match will usually consist of three rounds and last for about 15 minutes, I think. Is that right? Well, because I think uh, at least in Olympics, you're going for 15 points. So maybe that lasts 15 minutes. I don't know. But oh, wait, first... no, it's three rounds and the rounds are three minutes in the Olympics, at least. OK. And there used to be no time limit on it. Like some other sports. I think we've seen some other sports where there's no time limit and they're finally like, no, this is, this is silly. We're going to, we're going to limit this. No one wants Yeah. To there's always for- someone that ends up having like a seven hour long match and then they, they realize they got to curb that. So, uh, three minute rounds now. And, uh, y- you win if you are either the first person to 15 points or you have the most points after the three rounds. Okay. So, if you're participating, uh, you got some specialized equipment. You gotta suit up. Yes. So, the mesh mask we mentioned. You're also gonna have a fencing jacket and fencing pants. And lots of pads all over you, obviously. Especially, everything I read mentioned the underarm pads so apparently that's a particularly sensitive area that needs to be protected i guess there's a lot of organs under there that would seem to be important (laughs) organ access i guess how do you how do you pad your underarm well apparently there's no seam there and then there's like a some sort of reinforcement but there's no seam there to create a weakness in that area okay in that uh, uh crucial organ zone man i can't imagine that that would breathe very well would it it's probably pretty smelly in there. Oh no, it's there. definitely getting it's sealing everything in. Yeah, you're nice. using you're using a fabric um, that resists a force of twenty newtons, according to the FIE. I have no idea how much force twenty newtons is, but your fabric must be able to resist a force of twenty newtons. And this was a regulation that came onto the books after. Um, Poor Vladimir Smirnov was killed in 1982 at the World Championships in Rome. I also read that they started using Kevlar in the suits. Um, however, Kevlar breaks down when you clean it. So you can just so, never wash them? Yeah, back to it sealing in all the juices. And then oh. you can't clean it because your Kevlar is going to break down. Fencing gross. is the stinkiest sport. Who Ew. knew? Gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Good thing you. the only other person close to you is the other person you're fencing, and they also smell horrible. <laughs> Especially with that mask on. Like, <laughs> not, not breathing a lot of fresh air through that. <laughs> Ugh, why do Yikes. people do this? Because uh. it looks cool. Okay. What I think is cool about all of the protective clothing that you got to wear is that these days it's all electronic. So when you get hit, it lights up and makes a noise, which makes it a little easier for the judges to tell what's going on. Yeah, it is crazy to watch these guys. They are um, they look almost like puppets or something because they're hooked onto a. They've got a a cord. They're plugged in. They've got this cord that retracts with them as they move. But it's still, it's just so strange. The way that they they do this is that the fabric is actually woven with some um, copper thread. And um, it's kind of 
I read it kind of operates the same um, way a doorbell does, which I don't really understand. But the um, the weapon itself has got like a an uh, like a spring point, and so as the point makes contact with the copper threads. It goes ding dong. It it goes ding dong. Out loud. It's very distracting. (laughs) It doesn't actually do that, but it makes some kind of sound and it registers. It registers on the, um, what's the word? Scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, why do you think, why do you think they have to be plugged in? Like it's 2017. You would think that would be wireless by now. I know. I know. But think about how unreliable all the wireless things you own are. You wouldn't yeah. want them to be not tallying scores. I, yeah, I guess that's true. So, okay, so it's anyway. an ancient art of fencing, okay, Olivia? <sighs> Fine. They're not moving very fast into. They're, actually, they're moving very fast, which we that's will true. talk about. If those of us who watched matches. <laughs> and have no idea what they saw. <laughs> um, I read that the tip of this fencing weapon is the second fastest moving object in sports. Yes. Just after the bullet. Second to only to the bullet. I read that too. Yeah. Well, we read the same article then, huh? Speaking of which, uh, let's talk about the different kinds of swords you can have. Cool. Okay. So you already did. You mentioned the foil. Mm-hmm. That's the lightest. It's a, a, a thrusting weapon. It's a thrusting weapon. And um, when you're um, competing with the foil, your hits must be made with the point of your, your weapon um, only on the trunk of the body, which can be... No arms or legs. Right. But it can be your back, your front, but only the trunk of your body. Right. So a saber is more of a cutting weapon which means that you can use the tip and the blade to score points. And because this type of sword was originally developed for uh, cavalry, you can't, uh, you can't hit below the waist because it's supposed to be reminiscent of, um, it was very rude to stab someone's horse. Right. Exactly. You can't, you can't hit him in the horse. Can't hit him in the horse, but, and and it's like sitting on a horse. You could only get those areas that you would have reached if you're sitting on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waist up, but that means you can do the you can do the face. Yeah, face and neck. Face and neck. It's all fair. And then the third you one, those masks. The third EP. one, the epi epi. <laughs> we have to stop F-P. saying that one. <laughs> 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 I won't stop. So yeah, with the epi, that's basically a free for all. Yeah, your whole body is a target. fair game. Mm-hmm. You can only hit with the tip though. Yeah, but it's supposed to simulate conditions of a duel. So wherever you can arrive, wherever your tip can arrive on a body is valid. Um, and I, I don't, will we go into discussing how matches work? Because the Epe um, match is a little bit different from the other two. How so? Um, well, the number one thing about... Um, fencing conventions or rules as we discussed number one thing is establishing the right of way did you guys read about that the right of way um, is the establishing who has the right to hit whom at any given moment and it was established to eliminate simultaneous attacks so um, when a match starts somebody immediately goes on the offense 
and the opponent therefore has to go on the defense. And um, it kind of switches back and forth. The right of way is established by extending your weapon arm straight and um, the opponent is going to block your your weapon. That's called parrying. You're going to parry. And um, when you do that, that's like your defense move. And that means that you then get to make the next offense move, your counterattack. And it kind of goes back and forth that way, which on paper sounds like it's going to be a nice, slow moving back and forth thing. But it actually all of this takes place in a matter of seconds. Um, and yeah. and with the Epe, um, that's the uh, in that particular discipline, you can both attack at the same time. So. Right. Um, so some other rules. Each time you start a match and at the end of the bout, you must salute each other by raising up your blade and then dropping it. Um, the bouts always begin with the same commands in French. Uh, ready, go. But in French, which I'm not going to pronounce right now. <laughs> uh, try it. Try it. Prêt, uh, allez. Is that is that good? Did I do it? Allez. Yeah. More feeling. Allez. Great. And you stop on the word halt, which happens when a touch is achieved or someone breaks a rule uh, or it's starting to get too violent, anything like that. You can, of course, uh, accrue penalties in this sport. Um, some of the things you can get a penalty for are stepping out of bounds, using both your hands to attack, uh, or just in general, like poor sportsmanship or being overtly violent. Yeah, they have the card system like they do in some other sports. You get a yellow card if on your first offense and a red card on your second offense. And if you do something really naughty, then you get a black card. <laughs> black card sounds so intense. It's totally. There are websites devoted to black card stories in fencing. Um, I looked at some of them and they actually didn't sound all that sexy. So I didn't, I didn't write any notes on those, but apparently it gets, uh, it gets foilers really excited when somebody gets a black card. <laughs> um, so we've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but we all watched some fencing in our research. Uh, I'm curious uh, to ask you guys which of the different varieties you most enjoyed watching. I did make a point of watching all three types of fencing, and I thought that the saber events were the most exciting. I agree. They're the fastest. I those were the hardest. Well, they're the hardest to figure out what's going on, but they were, if you just really don't care what's going on and you're just kind of watching it, <laughs> yeah. it was more exciting to watch. Um, and it seemed like to me anyway, the, um, did the foil seemed to move the slowest so you could kind of get an idea of what was going on. Not really, but kind of. What'd you guys think? I liked foil for that reason, because I could actually kind of pick out distinct maneuvers, whereas Saber seemed to just be over, like, as soon as it began. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And in the matches that you guys watched, 
did the people like shriek every time they got a point? There were a lot of like primal, <laughs> primal screams from not just one, but multiple athletes. Every time they scored a point, they'd go. <laughs> I mean, it is a very primal sport. It dates back to us like stabbing each other. So I guess it makes sense. If someone was coming at me with a sword, I'd probably be screaming also. <laughs> Only because you wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, that mostly that. And you're hooked up by a cord so you can't run away. I know. I wonder if anyone's ever gotten like tangled in that. Good question. That seems so weird. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be retractable, but I, I suppose there could be a failure. But yeah, so these matches go so fast. A point happens like they the like ready set go boom, somebody scores a point almost instantly. And it's just too hard to tell. I couldn't I couldn't even tell even with the colors. Oh, that's what we forgot to mention is uh, because of this electronics when you do um score a a point, score a touch you're, I, this was what confused me. So do you turn green? Does your side of the monitor turn green or does the person that you hit turn green? Somebody turns green and somebody turns red. I thought that maybe I was misinterpreting this because I was super confused, but I thought if you got hit, you're red. Okay. That makes sense. If you get hit, you're red. If you are the hitter, it's green. And in the case of, um, touches happening within a 25th of a second, the judge who's on hand looks to see who, uh, was on the offense. And the one who was on the offense is the one who gets the point. Right. That goes back to that right of way that you were describing earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I could never in a million years be a judge because it's just like you blink and it's, it's already happened. Super fast. Very fast. So we watched some matches and did you come up with it? Did you end up having a favorite participant, a favorite athlete? Mm-hmm. I did. Em, you got one? You want to go? My favorite fencer is Bruce Dickinson. And to those who that name isn't familiar, that is the lead singer of Iron Maiden. What? Is also... Yes. He is among many uh, apparent famous fencers. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Mark Zuckerberg. Tom Neil Cruise. Neil Diamond. Prince Albert of... Mo That's actually not that surprising because he's a prince that I feel like princes have to fence. Um, but Bruce Dickinson is not over only a fencer, but I watched him fence because he apparently showed up at the Norwegian Fencing Championships... Um, uh, and challenged the silver medalist to a duel or to a fencing match. And right then, then and there. Right then and there. You can watch it on YouTube. Is that allowed? Can you just show up at these things? Maybe. Well, maybe if you're the lead singer of Iron Maiden. <laughs> Did he win? Um, you know, I still can't tell. I don't know how, I can't tell when fencing, who wins and <laughs> After all of this. Totally true. It was an impromptu match, so I'm not sure if they were even properly yeah. hooked up. Oh, that's so weird. Really? So Tom Cruise fences? 
That's what I read. He's into the foil. Okay, cool. Whereas Neil Diamond is a saber man. Yeah, he would be. Yikes. Neil, classic oh, Neil. Neil. So you can be an old fencer. Well, maybe he was an, a fencer in his youth. Okay. Very cool. What about you, Mom? Yeah, I um, was reading up on our Olympic team and came across a young man who has been on the 2012 and 2016 foil, uh, U.S. Olympic foil team. The reason that I uh, sort of took to him, this Miles Chamley Dash Watson, Miles Chamley Watson. You gotta love. Of course, he has a hyphenated name. He's a fencer. You gotta love a guy with a hyphenated name. Um, but he's he doesn't look like his name. You're, I'm gonna look him up right now. What's his name? Say Miles it. Chamley Watson. What are you picturing in your head before you look him up? Um, a fancy lad. A fancy lad. A fancy or lad. Trousers. A fancy <gasps> lad. Right. Well, this guy. He is British. So well, he was that. he was born in Britain, but he moved to the United States when he was like eight. And he's um, this African-American dude who's t- all tatted up, totally tatted. He's like bleached. Oh, and his hair is dyed. He's bleached. bleached his hair. He's going to make fencing cool. Watch. He looks you awesome. Just, well, you just watch. Go on to YouTube and you will find a video titled The World's Coolest Fencer. And it's all about <laughs> this guy. But n- that's not the reason I picked him, actually. I didn't even okay. pick him because he's currently eighth in the world and that he was the first U.S. fencer to win an individual senior world championship title, which he did in 2013. Um, the reason that I picked him is because... He has created his own fancy foil move, which is now known as the Chamley Watson. It is the weirdest thing in the world. It's like he like it's hard, it's so hard to describe and it's even harder harder to understand when you're watching it. But um, he wraps his arm around his head this is the arm that's holding his foil mm-hmm. he wraps it around his head. So picture the tip of his foil is now behind him. Basically, and he uses the tip to get his opponent on their back. Oh my what? gosh, we're, just watch, watching we're watching this on it. YouTube right now. We're watching it right now, and this is so bonkers. <laughs> Everyone listening at home, pause this, pause and this look podcast. Up the Chamley Watson. It looks like he's dancing. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? That is really cool, actually. He's, okay, he's, this dude is legit. He says he, oh, I like him. He tries mm-hmm. to sneak it into every match. <laughs> if I had a move named after me, you better believe I would sneak it into every match. <laughs> exactly. Although, don't you think people at this point are like, well, he's going to do the Chamley Watts. But then, yeah, now he can never do it again because no, everyone's going to be expecting it. But then they're always like waiting for it and they're like, you know, so they're like totally panicked that it's going to happen and they then he gets them when they let their guard down. But I love it because there this video called The World's Coolest Fencer, he says that he loves fencing because of the intimacy. He talks about how you can hear them breathing and you can see their eyes and that's something that you can't do with most sports, which I thought was kind of cool. In addition, okay. see their eyes through that weird mask. In addition, yeah, I think so. In addition, to all his tats and his bleached hair. He's six three. And his he's cool super tall. Mask. Yeah, he's a cool, dude. So that's my he guy, cool. Miles. That's a very good pick. Thanks. What a cool dude. Okay, how about you, Liv? Um, I wanted to talk about a historical fencer. He's no longer around. Uh, 
But his name was Aladar Jerevich. He was a Hungarian born in 1910. He is thought to be the greatest Olympic swordsman ever. Um, and he won gold medals in saber in six different Olympics. He's the only athlete to win the same event six times. Um, and his career in the Olympics spanned from 1932 to 1960. His first and last Olympics were 28 years apart, which is pretty crazy. Um, and in the trials for the 1960 Rome Olympics, when he was 50 years old, they told him, uh, at that age, he was too old to participate, so his response was to challenge the entire Sabre team to individual matches. He beat them all and uh, went on to participate in that Olympics, which was pretty cool. Dude. Yeah, so he's, he's considered one of, the, one of the greatest Olympic athletes of all time and certainly the greatest, uh, the greatest fencer. I also... Wanted to give a quick shout out to hometown fencing hero Seda Jacobson because she comes from Dunwoody, Georgia. Your hometown. Yeah. Hometown hero. Uh, she won uh, the silver medal in the 2008 Olympics um, in Sabre and the bronze medal in the 2004 Olympics. But what's cool about her is that she was the first. Um, the first woman from the United States to be ranked number one in the world in fencing, which was in 2004. Wow. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool accomplishment for her. She has since retired to go to law school, but I think that she had a pretty cool career while she was in the game. Yeah. Local hometown hero. I love that. Yeah. Lots of cool fencers out there. Yeah, I guess I, we never did talk about the fact that fencing, I guess, is an uh, international sport, but it seems like it's mostly a European sport. So whenever there is success in the U.S., we got to be excited about that. Definitely. Yeah, I read that uh, of the approximately one and a half million people that practice fencing, about half of that is in Europe. Um we Americans make up a quarter of those, and then the rest are primarily in Asia and Africa. Oh, well, what Europe about... Europe definitely dominates. What about Russia? Russia's a huge powerhouse, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, overall impressions of fencing? Meh. <laughs> yeah, I second that. Definitely cooler in the movies. Oh, for sure. Hands That's down. the problem. I was super excited about this until I actually started uh, watching it. And then all of a sudden I was like hugely disappointed. Even in the parent trap when they're wearing fencing gear, <laughs> it's way cooler. Or that one scene in they're Gilmore like, Girls. They're like jumping off trees and stuff. Yeah, that one scene in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Come on. Apparently, the people who choreographed those scenes had never actually seen a fencing match. Yeah, that is... Because that was wrong. That is not real life, people. You gave me false expectations of fencing, and they were crushed. Yeah. Maybe maybe had we not come into this with so many preconceived ideas of what fencing would be, we would feel differently. So, sorry, fencing. Movies sorry, fencing. led us to expect something that you did not deliver. Yep. Well put. On to our next sport, guys. Yeah. Thanks again for uh, listening to Go Go Sports Bros. 
If you want to suggest our next sport, you can do that. You can either email us at gogosportsbros at gmail.com or you can tweet at gogosportsbros and tell us a sport that will be more fun to watch than fencing was. Please. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can also help us out by leaving a rating or a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice and telling a friend about the show. Yeah, get your mom to listen. Moms love us. Moms love us. (laughs) Moms are our target audience. (laughs) All right, you guys, let's bring it in. Sports Bros on three. Ready? One, two, three. Sports Sports Bros! Bros!